welcome to Pivot Points. This is the podcast about the pivotal moments that have shaped our academic, professional and personal lives. I'm Femke, your Head of Communications at Wolfson College, and I'm all about creating ways for you to share your stories like this podcast. Dr. Young Chan Kim is a Sir Henry Welcome Fellow here at Wolfson. He's also, and get ready for this, a Junior Research Fellow, a Senior Postdoctoral Researcher, a Lecturer in Clinical Medicine, an NHS doctor at the John Radcliffe, a father, and a husband. He speaks with equal joy and humility about all of his roles and somehow makes it all sound doable. For anyone finding the balance between family, academic, and professional life, this one's for you. Firstly, thanks for having me. Um... So my name's Young, I'm a junior research fellow in Olsen College. Thank you for being um, here. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Uh, firstly, I would like to thank Olsen College for um, supporting me and my family for the last two years. Um, you, know, you guys have provided me with a um, sort of wonderful environment for ac- academic people. So I'm, I'm doing um, sort of you know, research, my wife is also doing a PhD. So mm. w- and also to have a young family, um, we feel really well supported. Um, we live in a college as well. So. I think I think it's a really wonderful um, job that you guys do, and so I just want to say thank you. That's amazing. That's yeah. wonderful. I didn't realize your wife is also doing a PhD. She is, she is as well. Amazing yes. power couple. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, just a bit of an introduction background, um, basically, um, just to give a context to um, what these people to point would mean in my life. Um, so I've got. I'm very fortunate to have sort of multiple roles um, that keeps me very busy. But at the same time, I'm quite excited and um, in doing and able to do all these things. Mm. So I'm firstly, I'm uh, a Welcome Fellow in the full Department of Medicine. Um, and I'm a senior researcher, uh, a PI um, at Oxford Vaccine Group. Um, and my research is to uh, focus on uh, developing new vaccines and diagnostics um, against pathogens, particularly ones that are more sort of neglected or prominent in developing countries. So um, sort of a poorer countries. Um, I'm a lecturer uh, um, in medicine in some of the college, so I'm teaching sort of various topics in infectious diseases and microbiology uh, to both preclinical and clinical medical students. And uh, I'll also work in JR as a uh, doctor in acute medicine, so to keep my clinical skills and clinical work going. But most importantly, I'm a parent of uh, my daughter Leah, who's um, three years old. Uh, and um, I must say, looking after her probably takes most amount of time and <laughs> energy <laughs> and hardest as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and my wife, um, Dana, she's um, doing a PhD in um, history of design at, at Royal College of Art. Mm. Um, so for our family, I think sort of time management and teamwork is sort of the key. Um, and of course, as with so many other families, it's sometimes quite, finding a good balance is quite um stressful uh could be hard mm. but i think i think we are getting you know going through this um yeah. quite okay i can imagine yes that's a, a lot to manage on one plate yes so let, let's dive straight into that actually so that kind of comes to your to your third pivot point a little bit so we can just jump through these yeah yeah um which is about about your family so one of my questions really was how do you how do you manage that on a day-to-day basis like you and your wife and your daughter how do you manage that as two individuals wanting to pursue your own passions, your own careers, and have a family, yes. how do you make time for it? Okay, um, so essentially my family was formed during my PhD. Mm. Um, so um, I, I, we went through basically marriage, childbirth, 
pandemic. So I met my wife uh, at sort of towards the end of my first year of DPhil um, in 2016. And sort of she was at that point doing a master's degree in Southampton uh, University. Um, and then we got married like one year later in 2017. And she started a PhD in September 18. Mm. Um, very interestingly, in the first month of PhD, so she went to have this um, completely unrelated um, sort of ultrasound for something else. Mm. And then we found out that she was five weeks pregnant. Wow. So normally you don't, you don't find out until a lot later. Yeah. But we found out um, that she was pregnant at five weeks, mm -hmm. which was very unexpected. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great news. But at the same time, I remember like us really worrying about, okay, well, what's going to happen to us now? Because um, she was just starting a PhD and mm. very passionate. So I remember we were spending um, sort of a lot of time together, like working really hard, as hard as we can for that eight month period um, to get you know, as much work done as possible. Mm. So that, that I think was quite interesting period. Yeah. Um, one of the other sort of funny episodes that we had uh, was that when Dana was 36 weeks old, um, so she, you know you go for routine ultrasound, um, and they, uh, there were the doctors that were telling us that um, the air was very small, too small, mm. and she could she's potentially having sort of a growth restriction inside mm. the uterus, not getting enough um, sort of nutrients. Mm. So then they said, oh, now we need to induce her um, to come out, basically take take her out. At thirty six. Yes, wow. at thirty six. Mm. Um, I remember us, because uh, the day next day was uh, Dana's birthday. Mm. So we said, oh, can we induce her day, day after <laughs> her birthday so we can have a celebration? Yeah. Yes, so we induced, we celebrated um, her you know, birthday without a child mm. for one last time. Mm. And then next day we, we induced, um, she, we went for induction. Um, and Leah was born uh, on a, a day after because it took almost 20 something hours to get the induction done. Wow. Yeah, so so that was sort of quite interesting, but it's quite funny how, you know, their birthday could have been sort of same. On the same. Yeah, day. it could have been same yeah. if we didn't ask. So that that's kind of yeah what it was, and I think I think you know with when I think having a family is great, uh, and um, one of the best decisions I made sort of for my family uh, was that I was in my third year of um, sort of finishing third year of my DPhil. And um, but we didn't really have a other family in the UK um, that could sort of help us. Mm. Uh, so I took six months paternity leave. Mm. Um, so so I took six months paternity leave to look after uh, sort of full time childcare mm -hmm. uh, for Leah. Um, or partly because we didn't have support, but um, also I wanted because um, I was getting towards my DPhil. Mm. I wanted uh, Dana to recover quickly mm. and um, so that she can go back to a PhD basically because mm. she she couldn't have. She couldn't really start properly, mm. so um, so that that involves sort of, you know, everything basically nappy change, um, preparing bottled milks, um, putting Leah to sleep during the day and night. Mm. So I, I did all of those for six months. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and and Dana didn't have to do any of this wow. for the first six months at all. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm quite proud of that. And she really had some good recovery. Yes. Time. Yes. And, and and luckily, yeah. Of course, she works really hard too. Mm. And then she managed to sort of um, get back on track with her PhD and mm. she's progressing really well. That's amazing. Yes. Brilliant. Um, but, you know... It, so you really kind of make space for each other. I, I think so. I support mean, each other's academic pursuits. I, I think I think this is the key. Um, I mean, I, I'm normally very quiet and I'm also very focused on what I want to achieve. Mm. But um, by having a family, then you, you learn how to, um, you know, make time for 
your partner, both for mm. your child. Um, and you sometimes some people or sometimes you think that, oh, you know, I'm spending maybe too much time there. But you you actually um, learn that you can sort of manage your time more efficiently mm. and, and at the same time sort of it definitely gives you a sort of more purposeful life mm. I would say so I, you know, for me having family was a you know it has been great mm. essentially yeah. can you talk me through a day in the life of your family oh um <laughs> so so Dana basically had um submission deadline you know because they have an exam every year mm. so she's um you know in her now she's doing part-time so she's in her fourth year um and she had to submit her her thesis so she would so not thesis a chapter of her thesis mm. for her like examination so then um she would you know, she would do that and i would drop leah off at the nursery and um she she, she would just work all day she, I, don't, I don't think she even goes out that much <laughs> in the room or you know really focused um writes her things um and um when we come home, I mean, sorry, so I, I sometimes go to the lab or I, I sometimes work from home or um, I sometimes go to hospital. So it varies, but mm. um, I normally go and pick up Leah as well. So mm-hmm. I think I've been doing that, I forget, again, last for three years. Mm-hmm. So I've been the main person who, you know, do a school run. Yeah. Um, and when we come home, then, you know, she would, once, once at, at five, she sort of finishes her work. And then she spends uh, time with the family, basically. And then she, you know, cooks. She does all the house uh, chores. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, in the evening, I think it, it's more sort of varied. But then she gives gives me time to do other things that I can do during the day. Or mm. um, if sometimes I do uh, work at night, like in hospital, then I, I will go and she will obviously look after her. Mm. So it, it varies a lot mm-hmm. depending on who has a priority, as in who has a deadline. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um until last week she she had a lot of priority mm-hmm. um you know in, in that one month period and mm. i would just you know even weekends i would take leah out myself and mm. then so that she can work as well yeah but not now when she's finished then then it's like we take turns yeah so, so you I just make more. time depending on what the priorities yes, are exactly and so you mentioned that you feel very well supported and comfortable here at wolfson as a mm. family what do you do to spend time together at Wolfson or kind of in the surrounding areas in Oxford? How yeah. do you spend time? As a yeah, family? so um, I mean, I've I've looked at you know a couple of the colleges. I was in some of the colleges for DPhil, mm-hmm. uh, but I remember you know sometimes if I go because it's an undergraduate college, mm. um, and there aren't that many um, students with a family uh, per se. So you know, if you go there with a pushchair, that they haven't even got a lift to mm. go up the stairs, for example. Mm. So. Um, but whereas in in Olsen, uh, you've got so many families, um, you know, living in college, mm-hmm. um, and so many fellows who who lives in college as well, um, and uh, they've got there's a family society, there's a playroom, um, so sometimes go and play, uh, spend time there. There's a punting that is just here as well, mm-hmm. and so we would go for punting. Um, this it is a playground as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you get this in other colleges. <laughs> you know, so. Um, and I, I, because I, we live in college, I mean, you know, if I wanted to go to library to work for one or two hours, I don't mm-hmm. have to go far. I just go to library and work mm. and same for Dana. Um, and, you know, there's a dining hall most of the time as well. So if mm. you're struggling to cook, find time to cook, then we can just pick up food from there yeah. um, and eat. And I, I think it's perfect environment for an academic person, um, yeah. you know, to focus and study 
or you know, focus on your research basically yeah. so well that's really yeah. great so just going back to your to your research and also your professional work as a doctor mm. i'm interested in why you chose to uh to pursue academic research alongside working as a doctor yes. why why did you feel you wanted to do both yes um yeah so i think it comes back to my sort of first pivot moment so that would be so the decision to come to the UK to study mm. in 2005. Mm -hmm. So that's already 18 years ago. Mm. And so where were you living before? Oh, so I was in South, I'm South Korea mm -hmm. originally. Mm -hmm. But I've been living in the UK for the last 18 years. 18 years. Uh, yes. Right, yeah. So I've now completely settled here like as home? a British. Yeah. <laughs> now it does feel like home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, so I find it a bit more strange when I go to South Korea. Mm, so I, again, yeah. I'm, I definitely feel more home in the UK now. Mm. Um, so that, that and alongside, you know, I've had sort of various time stages at which I could have made a different decision. Mm. Um, but it's sort of, I've, uh, you know, I went along with what I really wanted to do and I didn't really um, sort of listen to, you know, what other people were suggesting. So, um, you, of course, there were some really good advice there, but I think I really followed what I wanted to mm. follow. So, essentially, I came in 2005, um, studied an undergraduate degree in biochemistry. So, sort of, you know, very, you know, that gave me really broad Sort of understanding of science, um, and uh, yeah, I, I remember like back then. It's, it's a long time ago, but I remember back then. I um, I found it quite difficult to um, settle into the UK because it was first time mm. um, coming into the UK to study, and uh, which is why I can sort of definitely relate to some of the international students mm. who come from abroad to study in in Oxford and Austin College mm. um, for very first time. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm also a college advisor for four <laughs> students. Um, so, PhD. so this is job number five. Yes, which I, I didn't mention just, that. Just for, just for <laughs> listeners, I was checking out your LinkedIn profile yeah, earlier yeah. and there are five active, uh, presently, uh, presently active jobs on uh, there, yes, which I was very yes. impressed and so, surprised by. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, for some of them, they, they're from abroad and I know, you know some of them, they came to the UK for the first time. So mm -hmm. then I sometimes, I mean, I, I try to help and support them mm. Uh, as much as I can, um, you know, so that that's um, an, another thing because I, I understand how you know hard it can be when mm. you come from abroad because you know, not just academically but mm. you know culturally and setting settling in, especially for family. I think mm. all the other things you you have to um, know like schools and other things. So let let's talk about that. What was your what was your experience when you first came here? How did you find that that process of settling in? Um, I mean, for me. It might be a bit different to families coming here to Austin to study because I mean to Oxford to study because I was only what, eighteen, nineteen at that mm. time. So I, I guess I didn't really. And you have... came to Oxford when you were eighteen. Oh, no, I went or... to Imperial College, okay. London, mm -hmm. to do undergraduate yeah. degree. Um, but luckily, I think my class was quite quite diverse. Mm. So there were um, quite a lot of students from abroad mm. who came to the UK to study. So you know, I made lots of friends there. Um, and you know they were very helpful, um, and my brother came as well to study. Mm. So he was uh, studying sort of microbiology, something related. Mm -hmm. So then that was really helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think having a, you know, friends and family at that time was helpful. Um, because, mm. you know, I, I, academically, I mean, you know, you, everyone's working really hard, studying really hard. Yeah, so of course. That, that's okay. But settling in into a new culture is always a bit of a challenge. I think. Mm. Yeah. And was there ever a time where you were interested in pursuing a different subject area? Um, or were you always interested in medicine and biology? 
I think so because I, I did A levels as well. Mm. So then you, you kind of specialize into um, certain areas. So and um, during biochemistry degree, I because I for my A levels I did uh, five subjects actually. Mm. Um, so it could have been engineering, for example, or some mm-hmm. maths or something. Could have been something else, but. Um, I remember in my third year um, of biochemistry degree, um, because many of my friends didn't really do further maths or maths um, or physics in A level, mm. and that was my technology module, uh, so like engineering module, and I thought, oh, okay, so having done all that, um, mm. and did, I did it really well, so so I thought, okay, let's take this module because you know, um, I'm sure I'll have sort of a advantage there, but oh, I found it really really difficult because. What you learn in A level and then now university, mm. I, I think there's a big, big gap. gap. Yeah, big gap. Imagine. Yeah, so then I realized, okay, so engineering subjects are not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do like medicine or, or biochemistry, mm-hmm. sort of that side of things. Okay. Um, and also during my undergrad um, degree, I did a lot of volunteering work actually um, mm. in Africa, India, um, uh, in Greece, um, mm. sort of, you know. Um, for refugees and for poor children, and and also my to be, my my parents. My, my dad is also um, sort of a medical doctor and also a scientist mm. in infectious diseases. So I think naturally, I you know seeing the all the health disparity that you have, you mm. know, when you go to all these volunteering work, plus mm-hmm. you, know, back, you know my back background of so my parents being a doctor and seeing from early on when when he went when he used to take us to all some of the volunteering work as well. So then mm. seeing all this made me think, okay, I'll, I'll, I want to do medicine. And, you know, hopefully one day I'll be able to contribute to mm. sort of improving this health disparity. Mm. Um, and now you're you're on the front lines again, but in a different context um, as an NHS doctor. So how does that feel? How does that compare? Um, I, think, I think this is it's really relevant to the... Um, to do both, it's hard to do both really well. But then I think it's really good that um, I'm doing it. So I, mean, I went to study medicine after my undergrad degree in Nottingham mm. University, um, and from 2013 I um, sort of start, started to work as a as a doctor in NHS, uh, mm. doing a foundation training in Queen's Medical Centre in Nottingham. So then, like that, that really gave me well, what would I say? Um, you know, really um, it improved me as a person. Um, and also, you know, gave, gave me all these key qualities, I would say, um, because, it, you know, working as a doctor in, in NHS, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's not very easy. But mm. then um, at the same time, you know, when you treat the patients um, and then they get better um, with your treatment, uh, it's really rewarding. But then at the same time, you have a lot of responsibility. Um, and you know you you are seeing the patients, um, and you try to be as nice nice to them as possible. You know, try to listen to them, um, and you know, treat them, you know, give um, you know, as much as you can. Although you know, you when you're on call, it's really really difficult because mm. you are asked to look after so many patients on mm. the ward. So say on weekends or nights, but that that sort of gave me, um, you know, taught me a lot of key qualities. I would say to be more patient, mm. be a good listener. Um, sort of you know uh, perseverance um, persevere basically mm-hmm. um, and also it gave me sort of um, importance of you know translation of med- uh, research um, that you know could impact or, or it could contribute to improving uh, patients health in a much larger scale mm. so that that really gave me that idea and that's also one of the reasons why I still 
try to go and you know work as doctor because mm. it reminds me that you know, whilst treating the patients, it, it's um, it's really nice in an individual level, but then if you um, take it to another level, then you've got sort of research that you can do in terms of vaccines, mm. diagnostics, and these will um, you know improve um, patients' health health basically on mm. a population level. Mm. So there's a two layer of things that you, you can do, and mm. I think I think that was. Um, yeah, that, that's why I, I still do. So you feel the, the research that you do feeds into your practical work on a kind of broader scale in the sense of it, it sounds like it sort of inspires you to, to keep going. Yes, yeah? exactly, exactly. Absolutely. I think they all fit in really well together. Yeah. yeah. Because um, to, to keep up motivate you, inspire you to do more. Yeah. I think. Yes. And what do you do when you're not working? Uh, oh, um, <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> Um, I, I think I'm probably always doing something. Mm. Yeah. Um, so if I'm not working, then I am probably spending time with uh, my family mm -hmm. or um, probably spending time with my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, I used to play a lot of sports, mm -hmm. but I must say, oh, for the last <laughs> five years, I don't think that I used to play well, university. Some, um, something's yeah. got to give. Something. Yeah, exactly. Basketball, <laughs> football, every week. But mm. yes, no. So yeah. that, that's gone. Yeah. But hopefully one day <laughs> I'll be able to restart. Um, yes. Yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah, so. And how does your experience here at Oxford compare to your experience at, experiences at other UK academic institutions? Oh, yes. Kind of soci socially and also academically? Yes. Uh, obviously, I've been, I've studied in London and then in Nottingham, now in Oxford. Um, I, I think uh, in terms of academically, o Oxford um, is... You know, really nice place for those doctors who want to do research. I think this is a sort of perfect environment for those people, um, because sort of traditionally Oxford has been really, really um, good mm. um, in sort of medical research, um, particularly vaccines um, and, and diagnostics. And as as you've seen during you know COVID pandemic, you know Oxford Oxford has been sort of you know, forefront of, mm. you know, of all these vaccine development. Mm -hmm. um, so. And there are a lot, not just, you know, one or two, but there are many, many clinical academics um, who are working as a doctors, but also um, doing more heavily involved in a research. Mm. So doing, you know, what similar things are I'm doing. Um, and that's, you know, you've got so much support or, you know, who, you know, who, there's so many people, really you know, good professors who can you know, advise you how to progress and how to, um, you know, balance all these things mm. so there are people who've done it already mm. but uh, this was not the case um this wasn't so common in in nottingham for example there mm. are some professors who do that but then predominantly they are clinicians who, mm. who see patients on a daily basis but, um, but here it's a lot more common to see um sort of um consultants doing you know research and i know um, my one of my mentor for um so handy work and fellowship so mm. he i think he's 80 some nearly you know, seven, 70 years or mm. seven, over 70 years old and uh, he's really really well-known um, uh, physician and a scientist um, uh, but he he does sort of 11 months of research but he still does one month a year and he works as a consultant in JR mm. to, to keep the clinical work and probably it's giving you know, for the same reason uh, as, as, I, as, I, as I am I think mm. and, that, and it 
you know keeps you motivated and is inspired um and also interested as well um mm. yeah so yeah i can imagine yeah so you've got lots of people like that i'm i'm interested also especially in oxford what your experience of pressure and expectation is i think this is something that really comes up a lot whenever i speak to people doing their research here how how does that feel for you what's your experience of that um pressure from just other people or kind of from that oxford bubble oh right you know okay. the pressure of the oxford bubble so there's pressure internally and then there's also pressure externally of the the expectations that get built yeah, up yes you know when people know that you're doing your research here that yeah. might be expectation and pressure from family and friends oh, or yes. from yeah. other professional opportunities you know there's a temptation to say yes to everything mm. because there's so many opportunities yes. that you get from being here yes no, oh no, it's a really nice question, actually. Mm. Um, so if I if I think back to um, sort of how I started my uh, DPhil, um, that's in 2016. Um, initially, I my project was to do a structural studies um, looking at um, some of the emerging viruses at that time, so Zika and Chikungunya, which are um, sort of very tropical, they're mm. very neglected. Um, I don't think people have heard of it so much. But then whilst doing a collaboration, um, I came across another, you know, we were collaborating with another professor called um, Arturo Reis, and he uh, was working on the vaccines for these um, viruses. And um, whilst working on with, with him, I got really interested in vaccines. Hmm. Then uh, from in second year, I actually changed my direction of DPhil and, you know, followed my passion there hmm. to to. To change my topic to sort of work on a vaccine more than the structural mm -hmm. of course um you know there's multiple different things that you know you need to think about i like the supervisors have to be happy but luckily um you and thomas um so they they were my default supervisors mm. and they were you know happily supportive and then that, that that's why i went on to work on vaccines and diagnostics um and that, that sort of it gave me a ch chance to um, collaborate with uh, a lot of the groups um, from all over the world. So, you know, from Mexico, because my um, supervisor was from Mexico originally, mm. uh, Brazil, Africa, you know, Thailand, you know, UK, of course, UK. And I think through this collaborative work, I, I was very fortunate um, to, you know, and my default went really, really well, basically. Mm -hmm. um, not because I was, you know, exceptionally better than anyone else but because of this you know whole, whole sort of collaborative work and of teamwork mm -hmm. um and uh, um, i was you know, at the end of my phd on dphil I, I was selected as the best phd student mm. in in the department of medicine um and shortly after dphil i i got my own sort of working fellowship uh, to to become independent mm. um uh, sort of a researcher mm -hmm. and then yeah, th things followed, and I, I, and then I won several sort of um, grants mm -hmm. uh, as a PI, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that that led me to, you know, why I am. Um, but I think I think what's important is, you know, you you enjoy what you do. I mean, as in, and also you work as a team with uh, lots of you know, other people because it's even if you try really hard i think on your on your own, I think it's there's a limitation to how much you can do. Mm. Um, but if you you know and uh, as earlier you realize that and then you work with other people i think that that you know that's quite the key in in science and in research mm. um and i think that's maybe because i did i worked as a doctor before i 
uh, did a deep film, maybe that helped me mm. uh, to work as a you know team and mm-hmm. you know support each other. Mm. Um, I'm that, sure that support yeah. really helps alleviate the pressure yeah. that I'm sure a lot of people in your position feel. Yes, I think that I think that's um, one of the thing. Um, whereas if you came straight from undergrad mm. to do a deep film, then you might be under a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to sh- to show to somebody yeah. um, that, you know, I'm doing really well. But, mm. but I, I don't think that was the purpose because if it was, I don't think I would have taken mm. six months paternity leave no. in my third year of PhD, which is cr- most crucial time. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I think... You sound very intrinsically motivated. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's yeah. it. So, so I think, yeah, I think that that's the key message um, mm. for many of the, you know, DPhil students in Wilson who's, who's doing, you know, who's probably thinking that I need to show, I need to do really well and, mm. you know, um, and show that I'm doing, doing really well. Mm. I think it's, the key is that to sort of really enjoy what you're doing and mm. do what you like mm-hmm. um, and, 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 you know, see where it takes you, basically. Mm. Yeah. You, you almost make it sound easy. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's, it, it is Not hard. easy, yeah. maybe smooth. Yeah. Smooth, at least. Yeah. Um, and what do you think is next for you? Um... For time being, I think my my pathway is set, so I'll just continue what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, once my w- wife um, Dana finishes her PhD, then you know we'll, we'll see how it goes. My my daughter is going to start school as well in September, mm-hmm. so there's that um, added uh, extra things to think about. But mm-hmm. for, for for now, I think I would I'm very happy in Oxford, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'll, I'll try I'll settle in Oxford and. Uh, yeah, I'll be hopefully ready to sort of get promoted to a professor soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the next step. But um, if for any reason, if my wife wants to get a job elsewhere or, um, you know, if there is any reason, then, um, you know, that for my family moving mm-hmm. away from Oxford is is good, then, of course, I'll think about that as well. Because, yeah. yeah, it's a, again, as I said, um, it's a teamwork and, you know, you've got to work as a, team mm-hmm. yeah like a family is like a team so yeah, it yeah exactly is. It so yeah is. i'll just see how it goes yeah, yeah i'll try to be more flexible mm-hmm. not not just very rigid and yeah yeah inflexible that's a very yeah. exciting time yeah. for you yes it's good luck exciting. with everything thank you. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on the podcast oh, no, thank you thank you so much <laughs> for having me as well of yeah. course